Golight presents Murder Most Irish. Find it first on the Golight app and on all major podcast platforms. Stepped inside Primark in months and months. I haven't been in pennies in a long time. Months and months and months. Because oh, obviously, it's not a pen. shop I go to. No, I think the only thing I buy in pennies is like underoos. I went to Christmas to buy stuff for work. Oh yeah, like stupid games and stuff. Yeah, no, the only thing I buy is. Pe- uh, I do actually sometimes when I go there, I buy the little cotton pads because you can get quite a few cotton pads for like two euros. Like. All right, okay, calm down, Granny. The cotton pads for you taking your the makeup off. You know what? You know what? Like, you're taking your makeup you know, off. You know when you get a great <laughs> price on a cotton pad. Pennies. Pennies. Wipe your makeup off. Do whatever you want to do with cotton pads. Anyway, welcome to this week's episode of Murder on Starish. Rub your nipples. Uh, that didn't come out right. I'm going to say that again. Go. Welcome to this yes. week's episode of Murder Most Irish. Which hasn't been bought by Amazon. Which has not been bought by Amazon, sadly. It's okay. No, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> Emma sent Sarah me a message. is on the way to sell out. <laughs> Emma sent me a message and she was saying about all the controversy with the My Favourite Murder yeah. Ladies. So they sold their podcast. Uh, they sold the distribution rights to Amazon. To Wondery and, and Amazon, Amazon Music. music yeah. And it's behind a paywall. I believe you get the episodes, their new episodes, a week before on Amazon Music. And then you have to wait a week to get the episode like on free platforms. Okay. Yeah. And uh, people on the internet are deeply, deeply, deeply... People are angry. Angry. They're angry. And there's an awful lot of very funny comments on their Instagram page of people just being just too funny and too clever. <laughs> oh, they make me laugh. Um, but Emma sent me a text message and I wrote back saying, uh, first mail we make, I'm out. She's out. Done. Gone. I am the Ian McKay of this podcast. This podcast will never sell out. I won't let it. Although we've kind of sold out because we have ads and uh, that's selling out. Is it? Yeah. Advertising. 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 What, did what did, uh, what's his name say? That comedian? That very angry comedian. The guy, he died. Nick? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the man's name. John? Hey. <laughs> you know what I'm talking Bill, Ga- Bill Hicks. He said... Uh, Nick Hicks. Bill Hicks. Said, <laughs> <laughs> Advertising is the devil. Advertising is the devil. Yes. But we won't... We won't... But listen, I love the way we're like, we won't go to Amazon like Amazon would have us. Like anyone would have us. Listen, I don't know. We know who I don't know we Amazon would have us after all the terrible things you said no, about Basil. So he can suck my dick. You don't have one to suck. It is Dick Rocket. Boo! What did uh, Kevin? Ke- not Kevin. What did Colin say? Uh, he's a great man. He's done some humanitarian work. He said Captain Kirk to space for real. That's <laughs> <laughs> good to laugh. It is good to laugh. It is good to laugh. Um, but yeah, people do you know are if you could design a spaceship? Yes. Like, do you think you'd design just a regular rocket spaceship? I don't know. Or do you think you'd design it differently? Well, it depends on what the... Does his spaceship look like a penis? It did look like a giant dick. I think it depends on what NASA or whoever is like, this has to look this way. But does like, it have Emma, to look that way? you can't have the spaceship in this cover, like, that looks like a cake. Um, oh, space, not going to work. Yeah, but like, what's his face? The other idiot mon- moron with all the oh. money. Oh. The South African man. Virgin. 
Elon Musk. Oh, I'm thinking. I thought it was, I was thinking of uh, what's it? Well, Virgin, he just went on a like regular old planey thing. <laughs> regular old rocket. Yeah, <laughs> his was a rocket, but like a plane thing. Yeah, it was weird. Like it wasn't like shaped the way all Did the other Elon ones Musk were. Go to space? Elon Musk. I don't know if he went to space, but I think he has like space thing. Didn't he put a, a car in space or something? no idea I know his penis smells like rubber I just think like he really looks nasty. like the inside of a Mike Myers mask he does yes that's exactly what he looks like like you know when you turn a Mike Myers mask inside out in six months we'll be like you know it's a great car <laughs> I would love a Tesla I was in one I didn't like it I would 110% love a Tesla no. why were you in one because I got a taxi and the girl the lady was driving a Tesla oh. I got a Graham told me this really interesting thing about Teslas. Go. This is not in any way interesting They're to anybody listening to They're made by a terrible human being. Yep. Um, but, uh, so all Teslas are made the exact same. Okay. And they all have the capability to do everything okay. that the highest spec Tesla can do. Okay. It's just a download. Oh, like a phone? Literally just like... Every Tesla in the world that's ever built, they're all made the exact same. There is no difference. Oh, okay. But if you want like heated seats, it has heated seats. You just have to get the download. But you have to pay the download so that it gets it uploads the soft software, so then you've got heat seats. Anyway, you know what? I think that's interesting to be honest. I think that uh capitalism is awful and we're all we're all gonna Working for a living is shit. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Oh this my is god. The new, this is the new phrase that everybody's using. No justice! No peace. No peace! Um, there's no ethical. I have an itchy hole. My hole's reefing. Oh, have you well, got not, worms? My, not my arsehole, like the, this part above my Like arsehole. your butt? No, not my bum. Like, like the crack? Like the top, the very top. Like, you know, if you ever get like a hack or something? What do you mean happening. you get a hack? I get like broken skin. I used to, when I was younger, always at the top of my bum. In the top of your arse? Always. I used to, and when it was cold, oh my god, they would be, I would have them constantly. And I used to get them in here as well. What's wrong with you? No, things happen. You get a little broken skinny bit yeah, on broken skinny bits your, in here. But it's not like your arse is out in the cold. No, but it's actually, no. that's one of the warmest parts of your the body. Top here, like, turn around, come here. I know what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm talking about, like here. I've got a little, uh, oh wait, on where the crack is or on the other, like on your cheek? Here, like the middle, so there. Yeah, your crack. Yeah, 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 but above the crack. Yeah, but it's I've got, um, because I had. It's A plus podcasting. A plus. A plus. Because I had a pineidal sinus. Yeah. I have like a little dimple in top of my arse. A little dimple dimple. Where it looks like I had a tail. I would love to, I would wish someday you would, I could pop or pop a thing. Oh, actually, you know what? Graham said that. to me today, because if anybody on and that listens to the podcast has ever had a pineal sinus, you will know that the healing of one when you've had surgery is incredibly... Not fun. Not fun. But uh, it also requires someone to help you. And Graham had to like, remember Graham had to unpack the wound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he hung out the window for an hour and oh, threw up. poor thing. He said to me today, when I showed him the inside of my mouth, he said, eh, uh, I'd rather unpack your arsehole again than do than look at that than do that. I would unpack your arsehole for you. If you ever need, if Graham's ever like, I can't do it's that. It's incredibly sore. Call me over. I'll. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. What number episode is this? Seventy-five. I want to say seventy-five. Before we uh, sell out and start hating each other. Here, what's um, what's the number one thing on your bucket list? Do you have a bucket list? No, I don't really, I don't think. Do you have an anti-bucket list, a thing you'd never do again? Ever again? The thing that you did, you did and you were like, do you know what, that was absolutely not, not for me. Not what I want. And, not, and like, it was something that you were like, do you know, I'm going to go do this. And then well, you get there and you're like, very boring. I don't really have fuck? anything. Do you have anything in your anti-bucket list? I never go to a butterfly thingy ever again. 
<laughs> like ever again, ever, ever again. We went we discovered and I thought that was like going to be a beautiful, wonderful experience. Oh, I paid that class. money and I was like, oh my God, this thing, this uh, is an experience. minutes of pure fear. Sweating. Pure fear. My arsehole was just like going like this. Pure <laughs> terror. I could hear my heart in my head. Like, <laughs> That's a good one, actually. You know I what I mean? I Where you're like, I'm do you know like, what? Again. I'm going to like actually pay money and I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be great. And then you get there and you're, you're like, like, no, <sighs> this is a terrible idea. No, but I should have a bucket list, I guess. But I don't. There's nothing that I'm like, oh, I really want to do that. Get sponsored by Amazon. Do you want to get sponsored by Amazon? And be a millionaire. Be a millionaire. No. I'm joking. I'm, I'm honestly joking about my favorite word as well. No beef with them two ladies. All the beef. They want to give me some money. Ding dong! Ding dong! Give me some money. What's their names again? <laughs> Karen and Georgia. Who are they? I didn't mean it like that. I just uh, forgot their names. Like, who are we? I can't remember my fucking... Like, Sarah forgets everyone's name. Everybody's name. Karen and Georgia Sometimes I walk into work. listening to this. Don't and, think any of uh, People who sit, like, right across me, who are, like, my... Like, I manage for, like, a couple of seconds I look at their badge. <laughs> Oh yeah, the quick, the quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I've remembered it. She said I was talking to someone and I'd been on holidays and like I've worked with this person for two years. The whole time I was like, I forgot your I forgot name. Your name. <sighs> but that's good that they wear badges. We all wear badges. That's good because you can always just be like, yeah, I know who you are. All I know who you are. I know who you are. And I know I'm... where you are in this building at all times. Uh, fucking what's his name died. Uh. Uh, I was going to say Fred Durst um, <laughs> Robert Durst Yeah Robert Durst Yeah we, we never talked about it Because it happened a couple of weeks ago And I was like Good riddance to bad I don't know why anybody cared I care I care that he's dead I'm so uh, This is terrible I'm glad that motherfucker said He shouldn't have lived as long as he did The cunt He lived as long and uh, Oh he was in bits Towards the end there now I know but he lived a long And a long, entitled life A prick After murdering like two people Yeah Three Three Yeah But anyway fuck Robert Durst He did He did Anybody else Maybe I'll die. Meatloaf. Meatloaf and then Weber were like, we're very sorry. We're very sorry about the recipe that we released here. Somebody else died. Bob Saget died. What the fuck? Bob Saget died so, in Florida when I was yeah. there. Louis Anderson died, which is really sad. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all the dead people. That's Bob dead, Saget, dead people. Man. Our, I know he was very young though. People like, seem very genuinely upset about him. They yeah, love him. I think a lot of people liked him. Apparently, people were like, really America's nice. dead. Oh yeah, he was at that show, right? Um, We're Irish. He's we like don't get 60 that show. years of age. No, he's so young. Yeah, we never got full house. No, we did. that's not. A thing and even us. when it was on over here, we we're like, "What's this shit? Why are they being nice to each other? This is not a real family. No. Why isn't there really a lot of tension? Yeah. <laughs> Why is there a lot of stuff like? Uh, Why is the mother not washing the dishes angrily in the sink while yeah. there's just dead silence? Angrily in the sink, and when you go, do you need help? You go, no, <coughs> no. And then when you get up to walk away, they're like, oh yeah. I have to do everything in this Why fucking house by myself. My, my mom does this thing where she slams things. So I'll go in and be like, hey, well, I don't live there anymore. But like, hey, uh, you know, how are you? Blah, blah. And then she'll be like, yeah, I'm grand. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 I'm fine. Yeah, fine. And then she'll be like, <laughs> slamming Slam shit. she be like, yeah, I'm fine, Sarah. I'm Throw, fine. Throwing the cutlery. Yeah. Like throwing the fucking cutlery. And I'll be like, hey, do you want a hand? No. No. No, I don't want. No, I don't hands. need any help. I'm fine. Uh, do you want me to set the table or anything for dinner? No, it's fine. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I'll it's just fine. do everything. Do everything. Yeah. In this fucking house by myself. And then I'll go to leave the room. And she'll be like, "Yeah, I'll just do. I'll just do it all. Will I? Just do it all." Where's that episode of? Or she'll do all of that except that I'll just do it all, and then we'll sit down for dinner. Yeah. Twenty minutes into dinner, she'll go, uh, "Yeah, I just had to do everything myself." I'll be like, "I offered to help I you, asked. stupid bitch." 
I asked. But helping my mum in the kitchen is actually like... Uh, no, and not. you know that thing I do with Graham where I micromanage him in the yeah. kitchen? That, that comes from my mother. Like Flavia does that. And when I, I tell you I absolutely want to slap her in the face and she does to me. <laughs> well, yeah, you do it to your husband. Yeah, but he needs it. He's shy. He can't even butter toast. He can butter toast. I've seen him butter toast for you and you enjoy the toast. Now, that's true. Now... I make and it that's egg. That's a fact. Have you heard that? Seen that solicitor on TikTok? Oh, he's like, what does he say? That's a that's an old fact. It's a law. That's an a law. It's a fact or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then I just say to myself, if I went in and said any of this to my employer, they'd be like, get the fuck out. My annual leave starts in April <laughs> and it goes through to the next April. Like, <laughs> come on, sir. Uh, but jobs just be taking the piss all the time, don't they? They should they get away with like. Just be like, here, listen. I'm I know you don't. Uh, I know your contract says you only work Monday to Friday, but uh, like legally, we can change Monday, that. Yeah. And uh, you, you're on you're, a zero-hour contract, so if you get one hour, we're doing what we're meant to yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, jobs just be taking the piss. Um, but that's the thing. And most of people would never say anything. We're just like, because I think I grew up, especially my mother, being like, "Do you have a job? Just have a job. Just have a job. What's that? They cut your legs off. Go back to the job." Be legless. Like that's just the yeah. mentality of Irish people. I do think it's getting better, but it is. It is getting better. It's getting much, much better. I think with the onset of social media, it's getting much, much better because there is that. No, I don't mean like it's getting better in jobs. Like they're treating us better. I think uh, it's getting better where people talk. That's what I mean. Yeah, and, like, and are like, how much money are you on? Uh, I'm on this amount of money, and I do the same job and as I you. Got and I same this business. And, this and you didn't get that. Why um, didn't you get why that? Why don't you get that? Why? Why am I getting this? Like, yeah. and you know that policy where when you go to speak to HR, and they're like, why are you talking about your wages? Yeah. And I'm like, it's not my contract, you cunt. Like, yeah, this I can isn't talk a, about my wages. I can talk about my wages to whoever All I want. All I want, to whomever yeah. I want. Like, what do you mean? Why am I talking about wages? Sling your hook. Um, it's actually a policy here that we don't talk about our salary. Is it in the contract? Is Have it? you written it? No, uh, get the fuck. Is it a policy get to stop human nature? Get the fuck out, Sinead. Yeah. Siobhan. Siobhan, your knickers, the bus is coming. Yeah, that's, get the fuck that's out. That's what they always call Sinead or Siobhan. And then they're like, Sarah Jane, here's your 45 Thanks very much for uh, all <laughs> of so much for all you've contributed. Uh, take care and best of luck. Yeah. Best of luck in your next role. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> really appreciate all your um, hard work. Uh, Jack you're very quiet he hasn't screamed at all he hasn't we've got Jack here with Jack us is here he's, he's having a hard time after little old Hades yeah he's not doing went very well went to Cat's Heaven do you reckon uh, what do you think it's in Cat's Heaven oh well the vet was putting Hades to sleep sorry this is horrible anyway uh, she was like she was so nice she was like now you can go and chase all the birds and all the mice no, she you want not. and I just wanted to go to her it's a fat lazy cunt of a cat he can't change anything when he was alive it's not going to change when he's dead but she was like she was so nice oh what a sweet vet and all the Becky was like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor Becky just in the corner <laughs> God bless Becky Becky had already previously put an animal down a week before that yeah. and then had to come with me before I thing. hope you get all yeah, of the cinemas in Texas, Texas. Um, but yeah no the vet was lovely shout out to the vet shout out to Just Cats they're great Just Cats I can't remember where they are where are they Parmistown no. Blanchardstown Blanchardstown Just Cats in Blanchardstown if you have any kitties you know you don't drive anywhere and I drive everywhere <sighs> Parmistown to me is just it's like a what are you about? Parmistown is tiny I know but in my head Parmistown is like that entire area once and I don't get, know why I do that motorway. yeah I'm like that's Palmerstown yeah we're in Palmerstown now we're in Blanchestown now we're in Ballymun Palmerstown it's all of this area no I, I don't know where I'm going I'm used to have you any I don't think we have any housekeeping housekeeping yeah. uh, I always want to make an apology to the person that I said I hope nothing good ever comes to you in your life because you bought our domain name um, 
<laughs> we received an email from a lovely lady. Um, I will reply to your email ASAP. I just haven't got a chance to let us know that she's very kindly actually bought our domain name and wanted to give it to us. She had a couple of glasses of wine and wanted to give it to us, but forgot about it. So wants to give give us give it back to us, and I will reply to your email. And Flavia is going to sort that out how we do that. But I do apologise, and I hope all good things happen in your life because I felt very bad after I said that. I read that email <laughs> and I actually just died laughing because <laughs> I thought it was some little scumbag had bought, but no, I apologise profusely to that lovely lady. Do you know what Kevin used to do that, but? I should make, did I tell you about the time Kevin bought so me people do that Conor McGregor's oh my slogan is the Mac Life yeah and Kevin brought all of those domains <laughs> MacLife.com yeah MacLife.com.uk all of them Um but I, Kevin likes McGregor I think so I think he gives them to him really? do you know what I do yeah Kevin has questionable uh, really? opinions on McGregor um, and I think sometimes he just likes these things to push everybody's buttons. Maybe that's what it is. I like his sister only for that voicemail she left that her dog. Damn it! Damn it! I don't like any of them. Although I would like a table in the Black Forge because the menu looks amazing. Get us table in the Black Forge. Um, I will say the menu in the Black Forge, unbelievable. What do they have? Like they've just got this amazing chef that seems to be like killing the game in terms of like just. Looks the food looks amazing. Okay. I don't know where um, about this Fucking Crumlin. Oh. Like this is the pub where he, where he put <laughs> This is the pub where he punched a man in the head. Oh yeah. And then he bought the pub. Yeah, he punched a man in the head in that pub and then was like, I'll buy the pub. I'll buy the pub. Um, apparently, uh he's bought a number of um premises. Okay. And it's going to be a chain. Of what? Like pubs called the Black Forge. Okay. Um, okay. So I've no, I have no other news because we only recorded on Sunday. I don't have anything else to talk about. Um, I do. I have bits and pieces. So, so um, the wake and bake. Wake and bake. There's a, a little hun, homemade coffee bakes and shakes. She's located at the back of the Gallet in Ballyfermot, and she's open Tuesday to Saturday, ten to five p.m. And it says no edibles sold here. So my assumption is that people, people think it's to do it. Uh, no, her stuff is amazing. She gave us such lovely things. Yeah. So please, if you can, spot, if you're living in Bali or if you're you know, on a Saturday and you're like, where will we go? Bali Fermat. If you do, there is at the back of the gala. Go there. Uh, her stuff is gorgeous like gorgeous. and it's really unique like she makes really interesting things I yeah. think as well and go on her Instagram and yes. like see just wake and bake on Instagram it's like wake underscore underscore and underscore bake and no wake underscore and underscore bake underscore IRL yes and she is an absolute sweetheart and her stuff is gorgeous so give her a little uh, a little a little push if you can I think I might try to go tomorrow I don't know if I can though but I'll try yeah I was gonna go today but tomorrow you won't be able to go because she's doing some event or something oh okay well then I'll be and she's opening then. late um, I was gonna go today but um, I never got out of work on time and then I was I messaged her to see if she did like private events yeah because I might hire her for work yeah um but yeah, you can do that and that's really nice. The lotto sent me a message yesterday that said I won something. How much you win? I've just pretending that I won loads, so I'm not checking. Check! No. Now, come on. No, I'm checking. I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to check that because I'm a multimillionaire. One time I got uh, that email and it was like when you were 20 cents. It'd be like a fiver or something tiny, let's but say. But if it's a lot of money, wouldn't they? They would. No, apparently it says it doesn't matter if it's big or small, they can't let you know Open. until you come go on, in and log on. in. How much? How much? 50 grand. Oh yeah, I only won. Oh, like, I won like nine quid. Yay! Um, it's better than nothing. No, it's not. It's not better than nothing. It is. I want all of it. Look, there's luck in that now. Um, 
There's luck in that. I, I think I must be a little bit depressed because I keep playing the lot on look at houses. Oh no! Oh, get out of that! Snap out of that immediately! You know the way I do that sometimes. If you, my my therapist will tell you now that's a pattern. You need to break that pattern. How do I break because it? Because what happens is your brain goes do this thing because you're feeling this way. So then you start doing it, and then your brain equates that with it's almost like it is a slight buzz as well. Because yeah. you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and win this, but you won't. So you need to stop. Oh, I know I won't win it. Get out of that pattern. I won't have this pattern in um, this household. But uh, I'm fully like invested in the fact that like I should have a million euro. Cause <laughs> for no reason, just cause. Uh, what do you mean no reason? I've done a lot in my life. Why do you need a man? I deserve it. Who give who? I share with you. Would you? Yes. How much did you give me? 500 grand. Really? Of course I would. I want Sarah to win the lottery. Um, I think she deserves a million euro. No, I think for tax reasons, I think we have to do it under the table. I'd buy you whatever you want. I'd buy you a big gaff. If we got married, would... Well, I can't get some married to Graham. That's polygamy. Yeah, then, then I'm going to go to prison. We get rid of him. Then Graham get it all. We get rid of him. You'll get none. He'd be easy to get rid of. Some ground up glass. Yeah, I'm telling you, he'd be, Colin, in, the, in his coffee. Colin, Colin gets mad at me. He tells me he's been stirring my tea with matches for years. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's not working. So it's slowly poisoning you. Oh, it's, is that what's wrong I with the brain? Like I think there's not much left of me at this point, like, to be honest with you. Like the radium girls. Yeah. Fucking slowly disintegrating. <laughs> melting away, like. Um, but yeah, I just think that I'm entitled to it. Well, <laughs> like, that's that. Um, I'm trying to manifest it into reality, but it's not going very well because I like to sleep. I don't like to get up very early. I don't like working. You know, pe- uh, like millionaires like who are like, do you know what? Uh, the, jo- the How I became a millionaire? I woke up at five o'clock in the morning yeah. and I had an ice bath and I punched myself in the head like this shit. And I'm like, no. I wake up and at then past it's eight like, to go to work And my nine. dad donated a hundred million euros <laughs> yeah. to my uh, really, startup. Really low. And then my dad gave me a million euros. Yeah. And then I, uh, you know, did it. I'm like, no, no, I can't. You had a startup. I didn't do it. I can't do any of this. Um, I am work at 9am in the morning. I roll out of this bed. 8.35. Emma! 8.35! I don't have the patience. I would love to be. I'm getting very upset at myself that I'm not a fully functioning adult. It's really starting to upset me. I feel like I should wake up at 7am and make a cup of tea and read and blah, blah, blah. I wake up at uh, 8 and I go on my phone and I go, oh, well, the world. You know why it's Rush upsetting is, you? Rush is going blow you know why it's upsetting you? Why? Because you're reading about these people that do it and like no, but 90% like, of the people in the world don't, don't do, do that. This. I know. but I My just... first call was at 8.15 <laughs> in work. Looks like I just want <laughs> <laughs> Is at 8.15 in work. Yeah. I sometimes take that call from bed yeah you're right <laughs> and I do it on my phone because I don't like how bright the laptop yeah. is oh you're right um, and then previous to that my first call used to be at 6 that's so 15, early 15 and I would just lie in bed yeah, no, I would and Tiernan always said he could tell that I was lying in bed because I'd be like uh, uh, um, when I work from home I'm always annoyed at myself because I have like that desk and I have the kitchen as well and I just lay on my back with my laptop over here with my double chin on the <laughs> mouse pad. Like, yeah, I'm you like, do that too with the laptop and I'm always like, this looks really uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm like this. I'm like, why am I, why can't I be, why can't I be like a fully functioned person? But you're a fully functioned person. <sighs> I'm not, though. I'm not like, I always say this about my oldest sister. Yeah, but that's what My pro- oldest sister is an adult. Like, she's a grown up. But that's. She makes a little froth of coffee in the morning in her little tiny coffee cup. With a little hand and she's got a perfect yeah, no, makeup I do get it. I and do her get gorgeous it. hair and she walks around in her little heels uh, and she's and I'm just like oh, 
what's wrong yeah, with me? No. I put on tights yesterday and they smelled a little bit and I shouldn't have worn them. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care, I'm too tired. I'm putting on smelly tights and I'm going to work. If anybody comes near me and just move over a little bit, they can't smell you. But it's like, Yvonne would never do that. Okay. Do you know what I mean? No, I do. Cause like, <laughs> like, I'm not functioning. I, I'm not. I do this thing. Like, I am so lazy. <laughs> uh, like, so lazy that... um. Like I'll do this thing where I'll go, do you know what? I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna have breakfast yeah. and then I'm gonna like yeah. blah blah. Yeah, blah, and blah, blah, then blah, 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 I don't blah, blah, do blah. any of that stuff. I nope. lie in bed for as long as possible. Then sometimes if I'm doing the call, I do while I'm doing my makeup. Then I do my hair. Then I go downstairs and I'm like, well, I don't have time to do anything here. <laughs> and then I'm so lazy that I drive to work hungry and I'm like, where I drive past one, two, three three shops three. that I could stop yep. and get something. Yeah. And I don't. I just no. continue on to work. And then when I get to work, I moan about how hungry I am. And then I make a cup of tea. And then I sit down and I moan some more. And I do nothing that I'm yeah, supposed to do. I'm the same. I'm the exact same. Like, it's... I just see some people sometimes. Like, I work with this girl and she's so put together. Like, she's so put together. And she's three kids. Like, I have no kids. And a cat. And that's it. And I can't come to work like you. She works in a little lunchbox. She's like, hi guys. <laughs> I'm not functioning. Well, like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't hang around with each other. Why? Because maybe we're a bad influence. Oh on no, each I other. couldn't hang around with somebody that's put together. <laughs> like you are put together, but not like that really militant put together like that. Like I, I couldn't do that. Like even sometimes when we're, we're chill, like, like when we're like, hey, um, <laughs> we're very bad influence. <laughs> but also, like that's what I mean. I don't we like. Are. I know we spoke about this before, and we spoke about it on Patreon. I think it was. Yeah. It's like. If there's like an appointment to do it, yeah, no, I don't. Doesn't matter do it. if I enjoy doing that thing. Don't do it. My brain is like, ugh. Yeah, that is like I am the ugh. exact same. The exact and I'm, like same. the night before, I'm like, oh, I don't want to. And then I'm like, oh, I have to get up to do this thing. Yeah, it's a thing I like to do. <laughs> but because someone has scheduled it, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Anyway, it's amazing how our brains work. Like, and sometimes when me and you're like, hey, do you want to go to town? And I'll be like, yeah, okay. And then I'll be really excited to do it. And then the night before, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to town. Uh, like I, even tomorrow, I'm thinking about going to town tomorrow, and I'm like. Is there a way I don't have to go? Don't do it. I don't think I want to go. Yeah. I have to go, but I don't think I want to go. Okay, I get it. Good. Anyway. If I won a million euro, I'd be a fully functional adult. I feel like I would be possibly worse. I think if I had a lot of money. Because I'd be like, I don't have to worry about money. No, I would. I'd be better. Like, the only thing that, like, because all of my things wouldn't be scheduled. (laughs) Do you get me? I wouldn't just don't schedule anything with Sarah like, because it's not you happening. know what I mean like if it's like a thing like even sometimes I love this podcast but sometimes I'm like fuck this <laughs> I'm like that all the time I'm gonna load it I was writing I'm like why the fucking start this I was thing? writing this thing yesterday and I was like what's the point of this <laughs> the entire time I was like what am I doing with this and people kept poking past my desk going what are you doing I was like no I have, someone came I have the my, immediate swap someone came into my office upstairs today and I was listening to like a murder podcast and uh they came in and I lied completely to everybody. I said, I have loads of work to do, so I'm going upstairs, leave me alone. I was and I just went upstairs to listen to something. And they came in and they were like, eh, hey, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah, no. Okay, let's do this fucking 
story. Emma's got a story. I got to a tell. story. It's quite long. Attention, feminists! Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from Teespring.com. Plain, boring old tea's getting you down? Hey, buddy, does your huddy scream funny, duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from Teespring.com. Don't be a mug? Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder Most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com. My story this week is... Long. Long. A. B. Is there any trigger warnings? Yes, there's trigger warnings for the mentions of rape because... I'm going to talk about something else than that. Um, and obviously, if you don't want to listen to this, don't. Because I understand that it's it's a lot of like the whole kind of vanishing triangle stuff that I do. Understand. Do you ever think about why we have podcasts or how we've even gotten? Oh, every start? time I do, because you say things episode. like uh, every week, every week. If you don't want to listen go, to it, if you don't want to listen to this, just skip. They've gone 45 minutes in. I think they're committed, Emma. No, I would just go turn it off. Turn it off. If you want to turn it off? I don't fucking care. You liar. I do. I care deeply about everybody's opinion on me. Uh, so my story this week is about the disappearance of Annie McCarrick. And... Um, she the New Yorky lady. The New Yorky lady from, oh. uh, from Long Island. And I got my information from an episode of True Crime Garage, episode 380 and 381, from a book by Barry Cummins called Missing and Unsolved, Ireland's Disappeared. The Did you read the whole book? Just her chapter. The Unsolved Cases of Ireland's Missing Persons. I got information from the Irish Central, the Independent.ie, IrishTimes.ie, um, and a few other uh, sources that I'll mention <clears throat> when I put up the episode. Um... So yes, so a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the disappearance of Fiona Pender. Um, in that episode, I mentioned the vanishing triangle in Ireland. So in the early 90s in Ireland, a number of women supposedly vanished. The term vanishing triangle became common in the Irish media when describing these disappearances. So the women who were linked to the triangle seemed to have some similar characteristics. All of them were in their late teens to early 30s. They disappeared inexplicably and no substantial clues have been found to their whereabouts. So this is actually what I said about Fiona Pender's case as well. It's just on that reiterating. Uh, so the disappearances all occur- occurred. Filler, I think you call filler it. Filler on the eastern part of the Ireland island. And it led Gardy to believe that there may have been a serial killer active in the area. Do you think there was a serial yes, killer? Yes, absolutely. It's just too coincidental for it not to be. It really is. Like. So um, I'm going to talk about one of those missing women today. And her name is Annie McCarrick. So Annie was the first of six Irish women to disappear over a number of years in the Dublin Wicklow area. So Annie's disappearance would lead to one of the most significant investigations in Irish criminal history. Uh, The Gardaí and the FBI believe that Annie's disappearance was the work of a serial killer operating in Ireland and Annie's body has never been found. Nothing, not a trace. No clothes, not her shoes, not her handbag, nothing, absolutely nothing. So on a freezing cold March evening, Risha Fortune and Hilary Brady arrived at the house of their friend Annie McCarrick in St. Catherine's Court in Sandymount. The evening before, on March 26th, 1993, uh, Annie had called Hilary and invited him and his fiancée Risha over for dinner the following evening. A man called Hilary. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not very common in Ireland, I don't think. It's common in England. Yeah. There's so a doctor on a telly called There Hillary. is. That's the man I'm thinking of. Dr. Hilary. Dr. Hilary. 
Annie had struck up a friendship with the Brady family when she first moved to Ireland from New York in 1987. She had dated Hillary's brother Philip for a time and they all remained close to, close even after the couple's breakup. So Annie's housemates Jill Toomey and Ida Walsh <clears throat> let Annie know they would be going down the country for the weekend to visit their families. Oh, okay. Which was a very common thing when I was in college. Go down the country for the weekend. Yeah, when well, you go yeah, home, go home to the country. So they said goodbye to her on the morning of March 27th. It was 9am and Annie was sitting up in her bed knitting. So with her housemates gone for the weekend, it would be a perfect opportunity to have a dinner party. Hilary and Rita knocked on Annie's door and could not get an answer. The house was in darkness, so the two continued to knock for another little while before they got too cold. Oh, this the next day or is this this night? That's that night because she rang them on the Friday and was like, come over on Saturday. Oh, okay. 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 Um, And they decided to go to the nearest pub for a drink, some warmth and to wait for Annie to return. So it's weird because you forget there's no mobile, no mobile phones. phones. So 30 minutes later, the couple arrived back at Annie's apartment. They knocked again, but still no answer. Hillary was a little concerned, but not too worried as he thought maybe she got stuck on an errand in town or maybe she fell asleep and could not hear them knocking. He decided to call Annie's house phone, but realised he did not have the number. Annie had only moved in two weeks previously, so he had not gotten the new number from her. Instead, he decided to call Annie's mother, Nancy, in New York and ask for Annie's home phone number. Oh. So it's crazy that that's what you had to do. Like instead of he had sorry he had to ring New York, mm. like to get a number. It would be early afternoon in he New York. He must have been worried. He was because like New York's a lot and a it's lot. an expensive call. Yeah, it was early afternoon <coughs> in New York, so he knew he would not be causing any disturbance. Nancy answered the phone. They had some small talk, and she gave Hillary Annie's phone number. Hillary and Rita called Annie, but there was no answer. Hillary's concern turned into worry as he knew Annie and knew she would never just cancel without letting her friends know first. As it was late, the two decided they would, there's like nothing else they could really do that evening. So that night, Hillary began to panic and decided he would go to Annie's job the next morning just to make sure she was okay. A good friend. Yeah. A good friend. So Hillary travelled to Cafe Java on Leeson Street the next day. <gasps> Cafe Java! That's where she worked. When he arrived, his fears were for Annie were not laid to rest as Annie's colleagues informed him she had not turned up for her shift. They had not seen her since the previous Thursday evening. So she was oh. little, work Thursday was all Friday. Was meant to have dinner with them on Saturday. So the last time she was seen was Friday morning by her housemates. Oh gosh, that's so a Hill- long time yeah. for... 48 hours so Hillary called Annie's house again and spoke to her housemates who told him they had not seen Annie since returning from the country they told Hillary there was a bag of groceries on the kitchen table untouched Hillary knew that something was very wrong he dialed Nancy McCarrick's number and told her quote no one has seen Annie she hasn't been to work and she's not at home so I'm just going to talk about uh, Nancy's, or I'm sorry, Annie's family now. So in March 1966, John and Nancy McCarrick welcomed a baby girl into the world and they named her Annie. Annie would be their only child. John, an NYPD officer, and Nancy, a school secretary, were both, both born and raised in Long Island um, in New York. Both John and Nancy's parents and grandparents were Irish immigrants. So there's loads Isn't of Irish. incredibly sad about this story? What? Is that like... Their understanding of Ireland would have been that it's incredibly safe. And that's her. that was hers. Like a lot of people who said her knew her, she was very, very naive about Ireland. She thought Ireland was this like idyllic kind of nothing bad ever happens here. Yeah, and she's come from like this place where like her father's in the NYPD. He's in the NYPD, yeah. So like he's like seeing like a terrible crimes like, every day. Long Island is not a very safe area no. either. Like, And then she comes here and this, this happens. happens. 
So the McCarricks lived in Bayport, which itself had a huge Irish population and Annie was raised in and around Irish culture. So in 1987, Annie made her first trip to Ireland and fell in love with the country. At the time, she was 20 years of age and she was only in Ireland for a week. So it was only a week that she was here. But during that time, she decided she wanted to go back to Ireland to study and to eventually live there. Annie, who was who Nancy described as confident, fearless and fearless, who would not let anything stand in her way, moved to Ireland months later to study at St. Patrick's Training College in Dublin. And then she studied in St. Patrick's College in Minute. So she went to college in Minute. So Annie made a lot of friends in Ireland, spending two summers with them working in fields in Hamburg. But in 1990, she had to return to New York to finish her studies. Annie missed Ireland almost immediately. And in 1992, she made plans to move back. So Annie told her parents that she wanted to move to Ireland permanently to make a life for herself there. Nancy and John were devastated as their only daughter would be leaving them, but they wanted to support her decision. Nancy had said, quote, when she found Ireland, her whole life really changed. Annie's father, John, was against Annie moving to Ireland, asking her to stay in the US and, quote, get on with her life. And this caused a massive rift between the two. So they had like a huge fight, her dad and her, her, her and her dad, yeah. So on January 6th, 1993, Annie said goodbye to her mother as she boarded a plane at JFK Airport. Her father, feeling upset and devastated about his daughter leaving, would not go to the airport, instead saying goodbye to her in the family home in Bayport. This would be the last time they would see their daughter alive. Oh my God. I felt so bad for him. They had a massive fight and he won't go to the airport. My mum and and, uh, grandmother had a big fight before she died. Really? Yeah, like a massive fight. They had a massive argument, a massive falling out. And then... I remember the fight. I remember being really young when my nanny died, but I remember the fight because I was in the house and it happened and we all, like, left Mm. and went home. And then, like, I think, like, maybe one day or two days later, she She got a phone call to say that she'd been taken into hospital and she had had a massive heart attack and died. Oh, your poor mum. And so there was, like, always this, like, thing of, like, I said that awful thing thing. last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I'm sure no one... You still love somebody. It, everybody fights. You know what I mean. I know. Yeah, but I, but I can't. I can imagine it's, like, it's hard. I can mm. imagine it's hard. So Annie was elated to be living in Ireland, and after some time searching, she got a job in Cafe Java in Leeson, on Leeson Street. She made friends with nearly all of her colleagues, and her confidence and outgoing nature made it very easy for her to fit in. So Annie's main goal at twenty six was to become a teacher. Uh, she took various jobs, such as working in Cafe Java, in order to begin studying for her higher diploma in education. So one of Annie's friends from NUI Maynooth said of Annie, quote, Annie was what you would call a real Celtic woman. She wore lovely clothes, cloaks and knitwear, which she did all the pictures of her. She has these like, you know, those images of like Irish women that wear those like yeah. big scarves and the things she was always wearing that stuff. She was such a reliable person. And the night before she disappeared the Thursday, we had a chat on the phone. She was really looking forward to her mother coming to visit her the following week. And we said we would meet up on Sunday night for a drink. She was meant to call me, but she never did. She is like super. Isn't she? She's so cute. Like I, she just kind of looks like someone you like, see in oh, Galway. I always think yeah. she looks like a, a girl from Galway. She looks like a girl who went to NCAD. Yeah, that's what she looks like. Um, she's beautiful. Like, but that. like a real Irish girl. Yeah, she's so pretty. Um, She's so pretty. Like, look. She's stunning, yeah. Like, she's gorgeous. Um, So Nancy McCarrick did have plans to visit her daughter at the beginning of April 1993. The two spent Easter together every year since Annie had begun travelling to Ireland. Tragically, Nancy would arrive much sooner to Ireland to search for her missing daughter. So weeks before her disappearance, Annie replied to an ad about sharing an apartment in Sandymount. Jill and Ida met Annie and instantly liked her, offering her the room straight away. 
Annie would leave this apartment on the morning of the 27th of March at 11.02am. She travelled to Quinsworth. Oh, I remember uh, Quinsworth. Quinsworth. And bought some groceries. She then travelled to the AIB branch in Sandymount where she requested her branch, branch sorry, be changed from Clondalkin to Sandymount because she'd been living in Clondalkin previously oh, okay. and moved over. CCTV footage then shows Annie returning back to her apartment. It was here that Annie made a call to her friend Anne O'Dwyer to ask her if she would like to join Annie in a walk around Enniskerry. So remember that because I want to ask you your opinion on something. Okay. Right? Annie loved Enniskerry and Wicklow and would regularly take walks around the area by herself or with friends. So this was not out of the ordinary at all. This time her friend declined. She'd hurt her leg and she was like, I can't go. I'm, you know, recuperating. She then made the call to Hillary, inviting him and Rita to dinner on the Saturday night. So they're the two calls that she made. At 3.15pm, Annie left her apartment and walked to the bus stop to grab the number 18 bus to Ranala. She would then get the number 44 bus from Ranala to Enniskerry. So as Annie left her apartment, dressed in a tweed coat, a plumber named, named sorry, Bernard Sheeran spotted Annie leaving and heading down the road. She was also seen by Bruno Borza. What a great name. It's the ship shop man. It's the Borza ship shop people. Oh. A local ship shop owner who noticed Annie heading towards the number 18 bus terminus. Lads, now I know Sarah might not agree with me. Borza do a great chicken fillet burger. Another one of Bally Firma. I always get a Bally Firma's fucking delicious. Absolutely not. Um, Don't be going there again. <laughs> Borza, sponsor. Fucking get the <laughs> shits. <laughs> I have never had the shits from Borza, uh, ever. You built up a fucking resistance. <laughs> Tolerance. Within hours of boarding, boarding, sorry, the number 18 bus to take her to one of her favourite walking spots, Annie McCarrick would vanish. That word's so strange. Vanish. Vanish. I don't know if it's the right word, but she would disappear. So after the frantic phone call Hillary made to Nancy McCarrick, Nancy boarded a plane the same night to fly to Ireland to search for her daughter. Nancy sat on the plane and knew in her heart that something was very wrong. Quote, she was always reaching out and touching someone. She never had gone a day without talking to someone. We were very, very concerned. Annie had not been seen for three days and this being out of character for her daughter was beyond an exaggeration. So Nancy arrived in Dublin the next day and Hilary Brady met her at the airport. They immediately went to the Garda station in Irish town and reported Annie McCarrick missing. So the Gardaí began to piece together Annie McCarrick's last known movements. Door-to-door questioning began along with searches in the Wicklow Mountains and around Enniskerry. And I just put in parentheses, just to note John McCarrick, Annie's father said, at the start it was difficult to even get them to take the idea of Annie missing seriously. They said she was an adult and so on. Yeah, this is a common trend. This is a common fucking thing, isn't it? Yeah, people go missing and the guards are like, They're like, well, they're grown up, they can go missing if they want. What the fuck? Like, they can leave if they want. So Annie's day had been very normal. People don't go missing. No, like, this is... Like, it's so difficult for a person to, even back when there's no phone... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...to go completely off the grid. And then for them to be like, he, John McCarrick is like, they just said to me, well, she's an adult. So they weren't immediately like, they were like, nobody has seen her for three days. We can't find her. She hasn't been home to her house. She hasn't been home to her house. She was, the last person, thing she said was she was going walking in the fucking Wicklow Mountains. Something's happened. Even if she fell and injured herself. They were like, she's an adult. So Annie's day had been very normal. Nothing out of the ordinary. So Gardy found it difficult to find any reason or motive as to Annie's sudden disappearance. Upon searching Annie's apartment, the Gardy were informed by Annie's housemate that when they had returned home, the groceries Annie bought were still in bags on the kitchen table. There were perishable, odd, yeah, there were perishable items inside that Annie had not placed in the fridge. This led the Gardy to believe that Annie had left in a hurry to catch the bus. And from then they kind of decided maybe it was to meet somebody. Because they were like, why would she not put her groceries in the fridge? 
Like even if you were like there was like perishable, so there'd probably be like butter and milk and things. No, like even that like I, if I was in a rush, you just I'd put like, the, oh, I'd the, put the, the stuff bags. That's... I'd probably just put the fucking bags in. No, like, I'd always mean? do that thing where I like grab the milk and the bread and yeah, the, like exactly. whatever. So, um, so that's in the fridge. So they kind of deduced maybe she actually had to leave because she was meeting somebody. So we're trying to figure out why she left her groceries on the kitchen table. So the last time Annie was seen with absolute certainty was the evening she boarded the forty-four bus. Just before 4pm on March 26th, Annie queued at the bus stop opposite the Ulster Bank in Ranala. Ahead of Annie in the queue was a girl named Emer O'Grady. Emer instantly recognised Annie as they had previously worked together in a restaurant in Donnybrook. Emer boarded the bus and sat downstairs. She watched Annie board and Annie walked upstairs. Emer would essentially be the last person to make a completely positive identification of Annie. She not talked to her? No. This identification led the Gardaí to focus on Enniskerry and the surrounding areas. But I was laughing because I was like, it was only, they'd only briefly worked together. But did you ever see someone you're just like, I know you, but I don't really know you. So I don't really know if I should talk to you. Yeah. That's what I think it was. She was just like, oh, oh, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I've been in that position before. I've been in that situation before. I say hello to everybody. <laughs> However, no one else on the bus, including the bus driver, other passengers and the local locals in Enniskerry, saw Annie leaving the bus or walking around the village card- causing the guardy frustration. So they asked the bus driver, do you remember this girl getting off? And he was like, no. But he's like doing that all day long. Why would he? So the guardy said, quote, Annie was a striking looking girl and she stood out because of her accent. She was tall and when she disappeared, she was wearing a distinctive jacket and cowboy type boots and yet nobody saw anything. Which I can get their frustration with that. It's like, you know, if I went missing, they'd be like, she yellow hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's that kind of thing where it's like this American girl who was tall and wearing cowboy boots and nobody saw her at all. But then how many people do you see a day? Yeah. Although Annie's case was one of a disappearance, the Guardian immediately, well, within a couple of days of them, like she's an adult, began treating it as a murder. There have been two murders in the previous couple of years of young women whose bodies were left less than a mile apart in the Dublin mountains. The Gardaí feared the same person who committed these acts may have abducted and murdered Annie. So in July 1987, Antoinette Smith, a 27-year-old mother of two, attended a David Bowie concert in Slane. Oh, yeah. She was last seen in a taxi with two men who were then dropped off in Rathfarnham. Antoinette's body would not, sorry, would not be found until the following April. She had been strangled, a plastic bag placed over her head and dumped in the Dublin mountains. In 1991, Patricia Doherty, also a mother of two, was abducted or murdered. It will be a year before Patricia's body was found in 1992 in Killikey. And is she of the bag or no, anything? Less than a mile from where Antoinette was murdered, but she was strangled as well. Okay. This is a quote from the uh, from Barry Cummins' book from a guardian that he spoke to. And the book is called Missing and Unsolved, Ireland's Disappeared. It's actually very good. So if you look at the similarities in both cases, both Antoinette Smith and Patricia Doherty were strangled and their bodies buried in relatively close proximity in the Dublin mountains. We have particular information to suggest two men may be responsible for the murder of Antoinette Smith. Neither of those terrible murders murders has yet been solved. So the persons responsible for those separate murders are still out there. Killers who know the Dublin mountains, killers who knew where they could work undetected as they sought to hide their crimes by burying the bodies. 
In searching for Annie, we were conscious of these murders, but it was only years later when Operation Trace came on stream that all these cases were really looked at for the links. One thing that cannot be denied, whoever murdered Antoinette Smith is still out there and whoever murdered Patricia Doherty is still out there. It's often speculated whether the person who killed Annie killed other women later on, but we must also consider if the person who killed Annie had killed before. So it's so frustrating because, right, there's this Operation Trace and they're doing all this stuff. They haven't found anything. Mm. Nothing. Nothing. Not one body. Not one... Nothing. It's just... So, as the Guardi continued searching for Annie, her devastated parents were still in Ireland, hoping there would be a lead in the case or that Annie would be found. By May, two months after Annie's disappearance, Nancy said she already knew Annie was dead. Quote, It was so hard for me to leave Ireland and return to New York in May 1993, but I just had to. There was no news, nothing. We knew early on that Annie had been murdered, but you always wonder if she will still return. So John McCarrick, a former MYPD officer, enlisted the help of a private detective to search for Annie during their two month stay in Ireland. Brian McCarthy had been suggested to him by an official in the the American embassy in Dublin. However, he was unable to piece anything substantial together either. Oh, okay. So he didn't get anywhere. Nothing. So the Guardi continued appealing to the public and Annie's picture was released to the media a number of times. The search was exhaustive and Guardi carried out searching on foot along with the sub-aqua team and Guardi helicopters combing the mountains. The Guardi chased up leads up and down the country and investigated anyone with previous violent or sexual assault charges. Without there, a, and there was no... Nothing. Without a solid motive, evidence or person of interest, the Guardi were at a complete loss and Annie was still missing. They also believe that the 48 hours that elapsed between Annie going missing and being reported missing would allow whoever had abducted her to cover their tracks with ease. Three weeks after her disappearance, a further appeal was made by the Gardaí and Sam Doran, a doorman working in Johnny Fox's pub, contacted them. Oh, He had seen Annie's picture on the news and recognised her. On the night of Friday the 26th of March, Sam had been working on the door and saw who he believed to be Annie walking into the pub. Sam stopped her, touched her arm and told her that there was a cover charge to enter the bar. Sam said Annie rummaged in her bag as if to find the £2 cover charge, but he said the entire time she was looking into the bar as if she was searching for someone. Sam then noticed a man behind Annie who was holding a pint, which he placed on a shelf and then the man told Sam, I'll look after that handing him the cover charge for ha- for Annie and for himself. Okay. Sam described the man as 5 foot 8 to 5 foot 10, clean shaven with a tight haircut. He was broad and looked like someone who liked to keep fit. Sam told Gardy that Annie and the man entered the pub and they did not seem to leave that night as the, he didn't see them, sorry, leaving that night as the bar was like jammers. It was packed. It was like a traditional Irish band playing. There always is, okay. <laughs> The Guardian now had a potential suspect and more questions arose. Did she walk or was the man at the bar someone she knew who could have given her a lift? Did Annie actually know this man or did he just approach her after paying the cover charge? Where did he get the point? That's what I said. He must have been already in there. He was already in the bar. So I was like, why would he pay his cover charge and her cover charge again? It makes no sense. So the Guardian issued a photo fish of the man um, asking for assistance in figuring out who, who he was. Although the Guardi appealed for the man to come forward, no one ever did. The Guardi did not mention that another American woman who bore a resemblance to Annie was in the bar that night, but she was with her mother. So they thought maybe Sam got confused 
and saw this and this could happen he's in a busy bar yeah but Johnny Fox's is a fucking tourist yeah like that's the thing it's full of like full of Americans full of Americans it's Dublin's highest pub but they spoke to the the American lady and she was there with her mom and she was like I didn't see I don't remember seeing anybody else like that you know so they look similar Annie McCarrick yeah she bore a resemblance to her yeah okay there are many that believe that Annie did not in fact make it to Johnny Fox's and this was a case of mistaken identity so from 1993 to 1997, Annie's case went cold. Nothing. In July, sorry, in June 1997, the Guardi received a tip that there was suspicious activity seen on the day of Annie's disappearance. A large box was seen being buried by two men in a pet cemetery, close to where Annie disappeared. Detectives took on the cast, uh, task of searching the graveyard. Word of the excavation travelled around the area and two men contacted the Gardaí to tell them that they had buried a greyhound in late March 1993. The greyhound was unearthed, exactly as the two men had said, and by the next day the excavation was called off. So it was not a real tip. Okay. Various motives were put forward by private investigators, the Gardaí and the general public. The Gardaí believed there was a sexual motive in this case and Annie would have been sexually assaulted before being murdered. Were the other two women that we spoke about sexually assaulted? No, uh, one of them was, the other one wasn't. Okay. So on the 11th... That's of, odd, isn't it? If it's, it's not very the same. strange, yeah. So on the 11th of February 2000, seven years after Annie's disappearance, a violent attack and rape was carried out on a young woman in Car- County Carlow. The absolute fucking scumbag of a human being, Larry Murphy, abducted the young woman, locked her in the boot of his car, then drove her to Kilkea in County Kildare, where he viciously and repeatedly raped her. He then placed her in the boot of the car again and drove her to the Wicklow Mountains, where he raped her again. And when she began to fight back, he placed a plastic bag over her head and attempted to suffocate her. Two men out hunting came across the attack and saved her life. Jesus. Murphy ran but the two men were able to identify him to Gardy and he was arrested the next day Murphy was convicted and sentenced to 10 years in prison he was released in 2010 Murphy refused any rehabilitation in prison and continued to show zero remorse saying of his victim quote well she's alive isn't she and she was lucky the Gardaí, who long believed Murphy to be connected with the disappearance and murder of many women in the Vanishing Triangle, had an intimate knowledge of the Wicklow Mountains having hunted there for years. So the six women, seven now including Annie, that they think that he possibly could be involved with were Eva Brennan, Melda Keenan, Jojo Dollard, Fiona Pender, Kira Breen, Fiona Sinnott and Deirdre Jacob. The Gardaí went to Ar- Arbor Hill to speak to Murphy about Annie. He told them he knew nothing about Annie and refused to speak to them any further. So Murphy lived within the Triangle in the early 1990s and had a direct link to Deirdre Jacobs, which he did because he worked with her grandfather in yeah. some house. Yeah. The disappearances also ceased once Murphy was imprisoned. However, he is not being convicted of any crimes in regards to any of these other women. So once again, Annie's that case went like, cold. They didn't have DNA. <coughs> not in the 90s. <coughs> no. And there's a lot, a lot of these bodies that were... Like those two Found ladies like a, year later. a year, a year and a half later they were completely gone to the elements. Right. So. But the lady that was raped. I know, yeah. That poor woman. So in 2015, wait, you hear this one. Uh, author and former detective Sergeant Alan Bailey published a book named Missing Presumed in which he stated that an IRA member and child abuser was the man who abducted and murdered Annie McCarrick. Bailey revealed that Gardy were informed that a member of the IRA had murdered Annie after they met in Johnny Fox's. Allegedly, this information was corroborated by a, quote, um, credible intelligence source. 
Bailey stated that the man who murdered Annie was moved out of Belfast after raping the daughter of another IRA member. He was sent to Wicklow to live and it was here that he met Annie. He raped and murdered Annie, buried her body and then returned to his safe house. Bailey said that he, quote, drove her up to the mountains where he killed her and concealed her body behind some bushes. He then told the other IRA members that were in the safe house what he had done. They travelled to where he had buried Annie and reburied her in another area, one very remote that they knew the Gardaí would not find her. The man was then sent to France to avoid detection and to avoid the IRA being in any way involved in a sexual crime or murder at that time. Why didn't the IRA just kill him? That's what I thought. Doesn't sound like the IRA. Bailey stated the man now lives in the US. The man was never questioned or arrested by the Gardaí and Bailey said the Gardaí believed the IRA are now shielding this man. So Nancy McCarrick stated she was astonished and deeply upset at this information years after her daughter's murder. This poor woman. She said, quote, I can't believe that no one has ever mentioned this to me, especially as this all happened a long time ago. I'm astonished to hear of this now. So Nancy and John continued their search for Annie, never wavering in their determination. Although now divorced, they still worked together to try and bring some peace to their family. John had made hundreds of appeals by TV and radio on, on, online. He hired various private investigators and offered a reward of $150,000 for any information leading to the recovery of Annie's remains. The loss of Annie destroyed John and he spent much of his life in ill health in and out of hospital. He remained steadfast in finding his daughter's body and giving her the birth burial she so justly deserved. Quote, Whoever is responsible better believe I'm not giving up. Whoever murdered my daughter has been has to realise I'm not going away. So sadly in 2009, John McCarrick passed away, having never gotten the answer he so longed for. So in 2020, two years ago, the daughter of a woman named Margaret Wogan came forward to the Gardaí to tell them that her mother Margaret told her she had seen Annie McCarrick in Poppy's Cafe in Enniskerry on the day she disappeared. Margaret said Annie was with a man with a square face who offered to buy her a piece of cake. Mrs. Wogan, who has since passed, did actually speak to Gardy and gave a statement but was not asked to give an identikit. What? This information has led a group of US investigators and lawyers to begin investigating Annie's disappearance again. They believe they have identified the man responsible for Annie's murder. Michael Griffith, a New York lawyer who was hired by the McCarricks in the late 1990s, said that the evidence given by Margaret Wogan was actually incredibly important and would lead to a significant breakthrough in Annie's case. Oh, okay. In September 2020, Griffiths travelled to Dublin to meet with the Gardaí. He said, quote, We spent almost two hours talking about the case and we have agreed to share information. I am confident that the Gardaí are serious, serious about solving this case. And I think we can establish a relationship that will be mutually beneficial. There are serious efforts now being made to solve this case and we are hopeful that we can finally get justice for the McCarrick family. Former FBI agent Kenneth Strange joined Michael Griffith in travelling to Ireland. Griffith and Strange told the Irish Independent, I can't go into specifics, but this is a credible, significant information pertaining to the day Annie went missing. We had a lot of people come forward who were very well intentioned, but the information they gave us led us nowhere. In the case of this person, the details provided could lead to the breakthrough that we need. They gave specifics relating to one individual that warrants careful investigation. Griffith said he is confident in solving Annie's case and that there is one suspect who he knows abducted and murdered Annie. As of today, there have been no arrests made, however. 
So Nancy McCarrick is still searching and hoping she can find her daughter's remains. Nancy said her daughter was a wonder, a kind, beautiful, caring person who always saw the good in everyone. Nancy called her a romantic. Quote, I remember one time. I remember she was in Manhattan and she phoned me. Mom, she said, I'm at the opera. I'm at La, Bo- La Boheme. There's standing room only. Mom, I'm having the most wonderful time. It is so beautiful and I'm crying my eyes out. Nancy said she just wants her daughter's body back and that she misses her so much. Quote, I would just love to have her back. I want Annie's body found. What is like these? Uh, like, how do these people I don't go know on? how they function. That's the horrific and unsolved case of the missing or the disappearance of Annie McCarrick in Ireland and her parents are wonderful they said that you know they don't see Ireland in a negative light they don't blame Irish people it was just something unfortunately that happened to their daughter but there's just so many unanswered questions what confused me the most was I'm not trying to solve this but the groceries on the table the fact that she rang her friend to be like do you want to go for a walk and then some guardy were like, we think she was meeting a man that night. But I'm like, why would she ring her friend and ask her friend to go for a walk? And they asked all their friends, do you know if she was seeing anyone? They were like, no, she never well, I was mentioned gonna ask anybody. You, is, um, she never, was she on like any of those like dating things? No, like they said, <clears> she <throat> never mentioned anybody. She never talked about anybody that she was seeing. She wasn't seeing anybody. So <clears throat> I'm like, why would you leave your gro- the groceries on the table thing? Like if it was just bread, you'd be like grand. But the police were like, there were perishables. So why would she do that? Why would she then ring her friend and be like, she want to meet, go for a walk and then her friend can't go and then did like did she ring somebody else and that? But I'm not, it's so confusing. And the whole Johnny Fox's thing, I'm like, was she she's even not, in Johnny Fox? She's not Fox's? close to Johnny Fox's. No, and as I said, if she was in Johnny Fox's, she got lift. Yeah. Like, like okay, there's walking and then there's fucking going to Johnny Fox's. Do you like, know what I mean? If anybody is, like, most, a lot of people that listen to this are not familiar with Ireland. Yeah. Johnny Fox's is up in the mountains. Like, and way up. And you can't walk to it. No, it's like way, way up. Like, she did love walking and stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, why the fuck would, how did she get up there? And, you know, the fact that nobody... It's a one hour and 22 minute walk. Like, and she did love walking and I know she went to Enniscarry and she went to the Wicklow Mountains and Dublin Mountains. As I said last week, shut the Wicklow Mountains down. But like, you know, the IRA side of it, I don't know. Why would would that detective say that? But also like, and like I'm not, that doesn't seem like the way the IRA operates. Yeah, but like why, they were saying they were protecting him, but I was like, why? Because there are certain people within the IRA that they would protect. And the fact that this man raped another IRA member's child and they didn't kill him tells me he has some sort of pull mm. or he's a family member of somebody that has a lot of pull. Do you know what I mean? That's what I thought maybe it was. But oh. I don't know, like, do you know what I mean? So they're not going to kill him. They're going to be like, just move. What did the fucking Vatican do with priests? Move the problem around. What did Jerry Adams do with his brother? Jesus. (laughs) But it's true. So it's like move him to France, move him to the United States. Jerry Adams' brother was moved around. Just move him around, move the problem around. So I just thought, because that book was written by a former detective who had worked on the case with the Gardaí and the Gardaí were like, we know this has happened, but we can't, we can't pin it because the IRA are protecting him. And then for that American lawyer and the FBI agent to be like, no, we know who did this. We have him. We know who he is. And then I know it takes a long time, but it's fucking two. T- what year is it? No, but since they came here, they came here in 2020 and they were like, we're going to we're going to make an arrest. Someone's getting arrested. And I'm like, where? Where's the arrest, sir? Yeah, where? So I just like her dad. Died. It's horrible. I can't. This is some. 
if this happened to one of my sisters, like I can't compute this in my brain. Your sister is gone. We don't know where she is. She's gone. We can't find her. That's it. That's it. It doesn't sound well. It, like I, I don't think she's going to meet anybody. No, it sounds like she's gone for a walk. I just like that's what I thought. It and was. I think like there are times like she could have been like. I'm getting the bus at this time. And maybe she was like, oh fuck, I have to go. And yeah. just didn't think. Not even just didn't think, but like if your house is cold enough, the shit's fine yeah. until you get back. And it was already like, like, I'll be back by eight o'clock. And freezing, like, I leave shit in my kitchen all the yeah. time, it's freezing. But like, as well as there was this one detective, I was watching a, a documentary and there was this one detective who was like, his thing was like, she left the groceries. He's, he believed that maybe she was seeing someone, but she wasn't at the stage of telling her friends about it. So she seems to talk keeping, tell them everything. That's what I said. And then this other person was like, it would be so weird to go to Johnny Fox's by yourself. I was like, have you met an American tourist? Oh, yeah. They will go by themselves. They don't give a fuck. Like, they'll go to a bar by themselves where there's trad music and just talk to everybody because mm. that's the type of people that they are. So that didn't shock me to think that she went by herself. Well, I don't think she went to Johnny all. Fox's. No, I don't think she was in Johnny Fox's. I really don't think. Like, fair play to that doorman because he's not trying to get anything out of this. He's just been like, I think I saw that girl. Yeah. I want to help. But like... <sighs> You know, the fact that there was another girl in there that looked like her. An American. And an American. But anyway, and maybe there was a man that was like, here, I'll buy you a drink. I'll buy you a drink. Like, man, you know what men are like. But um, I just hope they find, I hope they find who did it. And I hope maybe they find her remains. But I don't think they're going to find her remains. It's a very, very long time now to be finding it's remains. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And like, there was one And maybe time. that's what they're trying to do. And without them, they can't charge that's this guy. That's probably what it is. But I just, my heart goes out to Nancy McCarrick. And obviously her fucking father died looking for her as well. You know what I mean? Their family broke up. They divorced. It tore their family apart. Like, you know, their friends lost somebody. It's it's horrible. And it's so sad to think that she came to a country where she idolised it. And was like, you know, doing the whole, I'm going to go for a walk in the mountains. And, mm. you know, that kind of thing. And then it's like, <coughs> one of her former professors in Maynooth said that she was the sweetest, loveliest girl in the world. But he said that she had a very naive idea of Ireland. Which kind of sounds victim-y blaming in some way because it's like she should have been allowed to no, go for a walk uh, no you know I mean? yeah but like I think he's just saying that like she would have went with people yeah she would have like he said she was so open and so trusting really, and so that's what he said about Americans and even American students when I went to me there was always tons of American students they were so open and it's something that I envy about them they really want to learn things about Ireland and they want to learn things about Irish Nosy people cunts <laughs> and they want to be around Irish people and they're up for the crack and they're up well, I told you when we were in Disneyland every person that we met <laughs> you're before. Irish you guys are Irish yeah. one guy went to Graham you guys are Irish amazing <laughs> like we're little leprechauns and Graham was like skipped over the sea and then he went to his four kids these guys are Irish <laughs> but that's what he one of her professors I actually know his face he was in the documentary I was like uh, uh, he was saying that um, you know, that's yeah we all know you went to college right and you're we all know um, you went to university uni, uni but she she just seems so like I feel like she would have just talked to anybody. You know I get I mean? a flow in the machine, a sh- flow in the mash vibe off her. She gives me a flow in the mash vibe. Doesn't yes. she? She's like, she looks like a drawing of an Irish person. She looks in like, like a book. an ethereal being. She's beautiful. Like, she's absolutely She's got strong. all of those like, she's got the red hair and the like, beautiful, beautiful salad, like white skin with the like, cheekbones. That like, alabaster skin. Yeah, she's gorgeous. And those high cheekbones and that beautiful smile. Yeah. And like, it's sad because, you know, to think that like it's been this fucking long and they've no answers no no answers and I don't know if Larry Murphy did it but I know Larry Murphy did other shit Larry Murphy's out and 
there was another I can't remember which which lady it was there was another one who, who was found um, Antoinette Smith was found with a plastic bag over her head oh okay so that's when I was like that's a link found with a plastic bag over her head yeah and then that he tried to rape and murder that girl by putting a plastic bag over her head yeah I was like that's very very specific a mile away from where he raped that girl yeah so where he brought her, he brought after. her after yeah so they're to try and bury her in the hills because he knew no one would find her like so there are those things where I'm like I don't believe for a second for a second I don't give a fuck about Larry that Murphy that weird distant link with Raynard Murphy yeah Murray and Larry Murphy that was the whole thing because I think what happened was because I think this does happen when something bad happens and then a series of bad ha- things happen if there's one person that people can be like it's him that's what we tend to do but I don't believe for a second he only did that one no not for a second do I believe Larry Murphy raped one woman and, and attempted to murder her there is no way in hell that man is a serial rapist yeah. there's no way in hell so I think he could potentially be linked to other cases I don't know the guards where's Larry Murphy anything. now he was people were like he's in uh, Ballybrack but he wasn't he was in Amsterdam for a while then he was in France that's d- deeply worrying yeah he was in France and then he was somewhere he was in Spain I believe and I don't know where he is now I have no idea where he is now <laughs> Wherever he is, I hope he's fucking miserable, the cunt. Miserable, dirty, um, dirty bastard. Animal. But, uh, yeah, um, I'm going to keep abreast of this because I feel like something else might come of it. Hopefully. She's on the case, kids. She's on the case. I'm not trying to solve. Emma's on the case. <laughs> I'm not trying to solve Annie McCarrick's disappearance. Yay! I'm just saying like that. She's a sleuth. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that doesn't add, like, add up. I mean, the guards are talking about it. I'm like, y'all, do y'all, have y'all met an American person? Like, they're not, because they were like, there's no way she go to Johnny Fox by herself. Yes, she would. And there was trad music. Plus, she didn't go to Johnny Fox. Remember we went for dinner in that bar. Do you remember? I never forget it. It's a fucking a moment. A hoolie was going on. A fucking we were free. We were free for two hours. It was when we just lifted the restrictions. We went to it like not in a million years did Sarah and I go to a fucking trad bar. <laughs> I'd be off me see I'd be off <laughs> um, yeah no we me and Emma went to Lundy's yeah Lundy Foots Lundy Foots yeah very good job I tell yeah. you what what you're you're great at this ah Jesus I'm sure not, I don't know if I can get this but I think you should do all the stories <laughs> no Sarah no <laughs> I always feel really bad about my story when Why? you do your story because you're very good no I'm not Sarah it's just a story no you're very good touch me get you're your very good like you are you have a wee little Gift, you put me to shame, you do. Don't, you put don't, me to shame. You <laughs> oh, I can't smell anything because I had COVID and now I have a head cold. Are you ever going to get better, Sarah Jane Heffernan? I've been sick since the day You I was have born. been sick, but you've been sick for a while now. Yeah, like once you the have COVID been sick for came. a while. Fucking COVID. She took me down. Don't get COVID, lads. She took me down. Don't get COVID. Avoid the COVID. A dark doom. Do you have anything else to tell the lovely people of um, I would just like to say, everybody, <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks a million. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> imagine I said a word, Sarah. Uh, thanks a million. Uh, uh, I just want to talk just, me. Uh, uh, so here, do you know what? My mom and dad are. I don't know what's going on, uh, but they're. I clearly have nothing else to do. Are they listening? No, they're not listening. Oh. But they're out researching stories for me. Stop. Once a once a day, How I get a cute text message from my mom or my dad. This is adorable. Being like, have you done a story of Father Nile Malloy? <laughs> Who's Father Noel Malloy? Do you not know the story about Father Noel Malloy? That sounds very familiar. Father Noel Malloy was 
it's a very it's you do a, that one it's a very interesting case you do that one uh, was um, killed do you not remember and you do know this story he comes from like real money like fucking proper wealthy is it something to do with a baby no okay I'm thinking of something else it's to do with a racehorse oh yes I do yeah. know what you're talking about Jay. Yeah. Um. anyway I said to my mum do you know what we haven't done that one but I do know the story and then my dad was like before I did the Unalinsky story I was doing it but he didn't know and he was like you should go out and then he was like what they did to that Mrs. Hines lady and I was like what am I and he was like I keep having dreams where people are shooting me because you're watching and reading all of this constantly <laughs> listen we only have to read this stuff because um, we have to do a podcast on it Anto yeah, he was like I had a dream during the night that someone shot me and I was dying oh, and I was like alright and he was like but I've been watching all these fucking it's been a watching true crime stuff true crime stuff yeah. after one after the other I said you need to give yourself a break so then he said to me I gave myself a break during the night and I didn't have a dream about it good and I said good because I had a dream about my mouse wasn't a mouse it was a rat wasn't a mouse it was a rat I had a rat in my house a rat really or a dream a fucking rat no really really, really. I had a fucking rat in my gas are you sure now positive dad killed it well Graymo and dad killed it oh fuck a fucking rat, Emma. Oh, I'm so glad you didn't see it. She didn't see it, did no. you? No. Okay. They all lied so to me and told me it was mouse. Good, they should have. I would have lied to you and told and you. They lied to me and told me it was dead and it wasn't. <laughs> fucking liars. <laughs> yeah, but you would have had a 10 heart attack surgery. I did have a 10 heart attack surgery. Yeah, I know, so I yeah, I, I know. Fuck. I was sitting in this, on You've this. You've gone now, you got it, right? Sitting on the sofa and I said to Graham, what's oh, that noise? Oh, and he said, I don't know. And then I could hear, it heard something fall over in my press. I was having a little nibble. And I was like, what's that? And then Lucille started to go fucking bananas. And I was like, now I tell you what you can do. You can clean out that press. I'm off upstairs. Where was it? Underneath my sink. Oh, um, Graham is saying it'll come through the pipe because the pipe goes out to the I don't think machine, so. My, ma- my no. dad thinks there's like a vent out the back that uh, the vent knocked off and the fucking stupid mutts put wood like we're messing oh, and they put wood up against it okay. my dad said a rat would have just walked, walked straight, straight up in. I guess um, so because my dad was like Sarah a rat wouldn't have got into that little pipe but then what did happen was Graham sealed everything so when we heard the thing fall over yeah. Graham found droppings and then obviously it chewed on the pipe and he sealed it up so Graham sealed everything up so then we fucking sealed the rat he in the house it in. Sarah. and then like, Graham put poison down and it was taken within seconds are you serious? Within seconds the poison was taken. I said, well, I'll be, I'm not coming back until it's dead. <laughs> I'm off now. I, went to work, I stayed into work until fucking eight o'clock. I said, you may text me and tell me when the thing's dead. So they got it. Um, then he was like, the, the poison's gone, so it's dead. Yeah. So dad and him fixed the fucking dishwasher, put everything back in. And then the next morning he came down and there was water everywhere again. And my dad said, because my dad was like, that's when I knew it was rash. So he said... If it was a mouse, it would have died immediately. Said so if it's a rat, what happens is it takes a little bit longer, and then they go looking for water. water yeah. But he's like, it couldn't get any water, so it started to chew through your water pipe to get the water. Jesus Christ! And did tons of damage, and then we put more poison down that day, and it took that poison to kill and it. the water, and then we put more poison down. And Holy, it's a fucking super rat! And it hasn't come. But so my dad was like, it's dead. It's so dead. now my dad pulled out all the kickboards today to see if because I was like I want a fucking stinky yeah. dead rat in my house yeah 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 that could, and that's really bad Um, so he's gone to see if he can find the fucking dead oh, dying dude. deceased rat fucking rats dirty rats rats out gadger out like honest to fuck so anyway that's my rat story rat story and so yeah the whole point of that story was my dad's dreaming about being shot I was dreaming that there was a mouse in the bed 
Oh god! I dreamt that there was. Oh, like... stop. <laughs> dreamt I was... dreamed the other night that uh, we were listening Colin were listening to music, and I said, "This really sounds like Phil Collins," and he got really mad at me and left the room. <laughs> it sounds like. And a... I was like, "This sounds like a real, real life thing. event that yeah. could happen." Just before we go, uh, Colin's band Cell Games are releasing a live single, and it's going to be released Tuesday. Tuesday and Thursday. So when you listen to this episode on Wednesday, it would have been released the day before, so you can go and listen to it. And then there's another one released on Thursday. And then you go to his Instagram page, yeah, which, which is, is Cell Games, Games Band. band. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, Colin's standing in the room cracking the whip. And we're going to play one of the live singles. And we're going to play one of the live singles at the end of this. So go listen to it. Give him some money. I don't know. Do you get money? Do you get money? No. No. If I'll go, I'll go and support Colin. Go and support Colin. We love him. Okay, everybody, have a lovely week. Uh, I smell a piss. Fight rats. Okay, say Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Feliz Navidad. And we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you next week. Everybody have a good week. Stay safe.